Like I said before, I want every person attached to Boomerang, every person attached to Boomerang to watch this message today. I want you to listen to every word. Thank you, Father. I want to talk to you today about challenges and trials, and I want to talk to you about being wise. The Lord told us to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Wise as servants, but harmless as doves. In other words, he didn't tell us to be ignorant and don't just walk through blindly, but be wise. Be wise. Have wisdom. Is that right? Am I telling you the truth? Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, as y'all are go out there, tell everybody that can come back in here to come back in quickly. Thank you. Because I'm holding up a message till they get back in. But the word says this. Don't force and don't rush them. <laughs> be wise and harmless as doves. Amen. But he says be gentle. Right? Let your gentle spirit in Philippians 4... Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. But he tells us to be wise. You remember the story in Exodus 17, I believe it is, where Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the mountain and they held up the rod of God. And on, on, that, on that mountain, as Moses held up the rod of God which represents the Word of God, as he held up the Word as king in the life, there was an anointing for Joshua to win the battle in the valley. Joshua was in the, in the valley fighting. When Moses dropped the rod down, they lost the battle. When he held it up, they were winning. And so Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to help Moses, and they had a picture there. Uh, you could see Moses holding up the Word of God, and then you had people that were coming around Moses to help, right? So uh, let me just get, let me get Buddy up here and uh, let me get William up here. So he was holding up the rod of God and uh, Aaron and her came up and go ahead and they were helping him. And, and it's a great picture. As long as he held up the rod of God, the word of God, uh, they were winning. But if it dropped... If it dropped, go ahead, let go. If it dropped, they were losing. We've got to uphold the word. The word is not irrelevant in this day and age. Actually, it's the most relevant thing at all. You know, last week we talked about freedom. It was July 4th. We talked about freedom is Christ. Freedom is Jesus. That's the nature of freedom. We went on in the broadcast, Lunch Plus, if you don't know about it, every Every weekday, Monday through Friday, we do a broadcast at 11.30 called Lunch Plus. It's fun, the first 30 minutes, and then the last hour is the Word. And we talked about freedom. We talked about freedom all week long. Even so much, we must have gotten under some devil skins because uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, we got reported for our thumbnail being sexual and nudity and YouTube removed it. And then they, we said, no, that's not right. They put it back and uh, they found out there's nothing wrong with it. It was just a picture of Jesus helping a man, but apparently some devil didn't like it and hit, hit said, oh, this is pornographic or whatever. And so, yeah, you can go watch it. The, 
what was the title? Is Jesus a socialist or a capitalist? Yeah, they didn't like that. And uh, anyway, we talked about freedom all week. We got under some devil skins. It was awesome. But you got to know that freedom is Christ. Listen, my job is not to appease the flesh of a society that's godless. Our job is to be a pillar of the truth, to lift up the Word of God, because that Word of God is truth, and it'll set men free whether they like it or not. They don't have to choose it. They don't have to walk in it. But whether they like it or not, it is the truth that will actually bring them the freedom that every man and woman is looking for. Our job is to lift it up. But see, we're not supposed to lift it up alone. In this picture, you had two men that were representing the body to help hold that. And when, and when Moses got tired of lifting that up and he, and he was falling, those two men did something about it. They helped. They helped. And they lifted it up. And so even when he was tired, the burden that was there to keep it lifted was made easier because they worked as a team. They worked together and they made sure even when you're tired, I'll be there to help you. Even when you're tired of doing it, I'll be there to help you. Now what's interesting too is they took a rock, you know, something real technical and, and, and really spiritual, you know, and they took this boulder and they set it under Moses to sit down on to help the support, right? Real technical, real spiritual stuff, you know, a rock. And they sat on the rock. So they held the word up and they had a foundation of the rock. Maybe it is spiritual, I don't know. Okay, thank you. But here's what happened. You had a really simple solution of the wisdom of God to help win a spiritual battle. In the valley, a very spiritual battle was won by the wisdom of physics. By the wisdom of, hey, let's make it easier on Moses. Let him sit down instead of standing all day. Let us make it easy on, we'll help hold his arms up so there'll be three of us doing this instead of just one. Very simple wisdom and physics, right? And I want to show you something. I want everybody in these two sections, grab your stuff for a minute and pick it up. And I want you all to go in this sex, these two sections. Today is... Physical Demonstration Sunday. <laughs> now, I want you to see this. Now, if anybody's out of the room and they come back in, they're going to go, what in the world happened? <laughs> yeah. Now, here's what I want you to see. I want you to show me uh, back the camera shot up just a little bit. Switch to this one over here first. Switch to that one. There you go. All right, now back the camera shot up and back it up and grab the whole crowd. And I want to just show you something. Now let's imagine that you're watching Boomerang Church live online this morning and you're, you're trying to figure out, am I going to ever go to that church? No, don't leave that camera alone, Doyle. Uh, yeah, this one. Are you ready? Then go ahead and switch to that. There you go. Now look at this. Zoom in a little bit. Come past those first. Yeah, lift it up just a touch. 
Lift it up just a touch. Just a touch. Okay, that's good. And now lift it up just a little bit. There you go. Keep doing it. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, now, look at this. Now, if I'm preaching and you're watching Boomerang, man, look at that crowd. Look at what it looks like. Man, they got something going on over at Boomerang. Wow, this is amazing. This is so good. All right, now, stop that. Go back to the other, other one. Yep, all right, now, Kevin, you follow me, and when you're ready, I want them to switch it. Tell me when you're ready. All right, now switch it. Glory to God, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We, God is so good, can you tell it? Can you tell it? Don't you know? Can you see it? Which one's wisdom? Which, which shot is wisdom? Which shot is wisdom? Yeah, if, if you saw this shot over here, what does it look like? Looks like nothing is happening. Looks like nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. Right? Is the spiritual battle being won by showing this, by not using wisdom? If I came over here and preached, how smart do you think you'd say I was? Not too smart, Right? But if I came over here, pretty much every seat filled over on this side. If I came over here, this would be much better, much better. Now, see, I want you to understand something. I'm not to carry this burden alone. I'm not to think through this stuff alone. Right? I'm not supposed to be the only one thinking this way. All right? Now, let me show you something else. Let me show you something else. You're a guest, you're coming to Boomerang. You're a guest, you're coming to Boomerang. What time did the services start? 10 o'clock. Okay, all right. If you come into Boomerang at 10 o'clock as a guest, and it looks like this, and it looks like this, what do you think about that church? Hoo-hoo, lots going on here. Wow. Right? Right? Now, and, and listen, listen, I know today, I know today lots of people were late. I, I understand that. I'm not getting on to you, but I am pointing out that we need to be wise. But if I come as a guest and I come in and I see this, what does that look like? Wow, something's going on here. That's just wisdom. And am I supposed to do that myself? No. It's up to the whole congregation and the whole body to take that responsibility and say, you know what, I, if I'm going to help support the guests that are looking for a spiritual answer, and you know that your church has got answers, I can't be always be late. I need to be in my seat when service starts. I need to be a part of it, whether I like it or not. I need to be a part of it. I need to make sure that I, that I take that responsibility. There, the, the leader is not the only one responsible for upholding the wisdom of God. Right? And, and it's something that, how many of us need to take that responsibility? All of us, right? I used to, I could lift that further. I don't know what's going on. And, uh, 
But how many of us need to take that responsibility? If we don't take that responsibility, if we don't take that responsibility, what happens? Look at the shot. Very practical today. Look at the shot. If we don't take that responsibility, this is what guests face. This is what people looking at it online looks like. See, we've got to utilize, we've got to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And we, we have to be wise with that. I want to share with you some other things. Let's imagine, let's imagine that, uh, let, me, let me get Kevin and Mark and Chris. Come right here. All right, I'm going to move this because y'all look so good over here. I'm uh, I'm going to preach from over here. All right, come around the table, fellas. I want you to see something. Come around the table, get close. All right, we're in a wartime council, and these are the generals. Here, let me position you so everybody can see you. Kevin right there. Mark, Chris, get close. There you go. All right, good. Wartime council, these are the generals. These are the generals, right? Now let's imagine that we're in the middle of a war and I come up and I'm over all of the military and uh, we are being attacked on this side by the enemy hard, right? And I come to this table to win this war. And we never talk about the enemy attacking over here. What's this table for? To talk about the attack, right? To talk about the attack. To decide how are we going to handle it? How are we going to beat that attack back? Either we're going to need to be defensive or we're going to need to be uh, defensive. One, defensive or offensive. We've got to figure out which way or a combination of both. But can't we just ignore the attack like it didn't happen? How crazy would that be for a wartime council to pull all the generals to the table and not talk about the attack? This would be crazy, right? Yet, a lot of times in church, we think that that's more spiritual. We think that that's more spiritual. That we actually ignore the attack, we ignore what's actually going on, and let's, not, let's just not talk about that. Many times you'll see that, well, let's not just talk about it. Now, you have to understand, many people have wrongly talked about, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? You know, I just got this bad report from the doctor. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's not the right way to talk about it. It says dwell on things worthy of praise. But we have, to, in order to resist the devil, we've got to go into our strategy manual and say, hey, here's what's going on right now. Here's what's going on right now. Here's what it says to do. All right? I, I've got a sickness. Those that are sick, come before the elders, James 5. Come before the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Is that right, generals, elders? You see? And we, and we will see an end to the attack because we handle it according to our strategy manual. Right? We, we, have, we see that. But we can't just be, wisdom is not going, there is no attack. No, there's an attack. There are wind and waves. Remember, Jesus didn't speak 
uh, Jesus didn't speak to nothing. He spoke to the wind and the waves. He spoke to the enemy. The enemy was there. The enemy was present, but he dealt with it. Okay, thank you guys. So what you see is many times what the devil does is he comes in in an attack and he tries to get us off. And because we've not been taught the, the very simple and practical information of overcoming an attack and, and understanding what those things are, we've lost wars and we've gained no momentum. Let me read you a couple of things. All right, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. See, we've got to be smarter than we have been. We must be, as a church and as a body, we must be smarter than we have been. We must be more wise than we've ever been before. In order to go to higher places, we have to take wisdom to a higher place. We have to receive the anointing on a higher level. We have to walk in the wisdom of God. We pray this all the time. Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. Let's read this, Mark chapter 4. And Jesus began to uh, teach again by the sea. And such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them his teaching. Now, why am I telling you, why did I get you to move over here? Why did I talk to you about being uh, not just on time, ahead of time? Do we need people in prayer? Yes. Yeah. Do we need people in prayer? Do we need people winning souls? Do we need people here ahead of time? If we're going to do our job, do you understand that God is holding the church responsible for what's going on in the world? Why? Because the church is the salt and the light. The church is the preserving factor. So if we do our job bad, we won't have rewards in eternity that we're supposed to have. And he's holding, he told Brother Hagin this, he said, I'm holding the church responsible for this down, down uh, decline of morality in America. And we got to understand, it is our responsibility. Say that with me. Say, as the church. It is my responsibility, my responsibility to do what the Word says, to be a pillar of truth, and to not allow the gates of hell to prevail. Now, again, let me take you back to uh, there's a guest. Their life is hell. They're going through hell. They're having so much hell in their lives they don't know what to do. And they come into church on a Sunday morning that's supposed to have the life of God. And at starting time, this is what they find. Have we helped them prevail against the gates of hell? Now, I'm going I'm to show you something how the devil does this, and we don't even recognize it. I'm going to show you in a minute what the devil does to trip us up, and we don't even recognize it. But years ago, one of the things I started to, I started to figure out was this. This isn't coincidence, this coordination. I started watching. This isn't coincidence, this coordination. I started realizing this, this doesn't just happen like this. This is a coordinated attack. It's happened too many times the exact same way. Yeah. 
And I recognize now this is happening by coordination. This is a coordinated attack, and I understand it. I see it. It took me some years to see the pattern, but now I see the pattern, yeah. right? And so one of the things that you see is that we need to make sure that we know. Remember, he says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of that. We're supposed to be wise as a serpent. That means we've got to see and understand the practical things of God. Just in this example that I've shown you so far by everybody coming to this side, look, at, look how good this looks. Look how, just isn't that wisdom, right? Just wisdom. You know, the other night we were uh, having prayer night and we weren't live streaming it, but we were recording it. All the people in prayer sat over there. And on, on everybody sat over there. There was one person here and like one person here. And then the person that's leading, it looks like nobody's here whatsoever. Yeah. That's a lack of wisdom that we've got to get over. We want to be wise as serpents but harmless as doves. There are some practical things about ministry that because a lot of times we're, not, we're just not thinking that way. You remember the Bible says that the men of this world are more shrewd Right? Because they think everybody's shrewd, so they think, they think that everybody's out to get them, so they'll protect themselves and defend themselves. Well, here's the thing. Christians have received the love of God, so they just think everybody's going to love them, and the devil, well, it'll be okay as long as I love God. And they have this. A lot of times they'll take this attitude into their whole life, and they won't recognize they have an enemy that God himself said wants to steal kill and destroy. And so they won't be shrewd against the enemy. They won't be wise as serpents. They'll just let stuff happen because overall their heart has changed for love. But God told us by commandment, be wise. Be wise. And there's a practical aspect of life, of our homes, of our church that we need to see and we need to grow up to another level. I'm telling you, Boomerang, it's time for us to grow to another level. Do I have anybody with me? It's time to see some things different. It's time to operate on a different level. It's time to receive on a different level and not be pushed around by an enemy that's trying to steal from us all the time. Trying to steal momentum, trying to steal all kinds of stuff. So let's look at it, some practical things. Now, why am I talking about it? Because... Your generals don't come together and not discuss the problem, right. not discuss the issue. That's why when we were in the middle of that song, the Lord said, I have an anointing I want to bring through this song. But it's not going to come unless the heart and the minds of the people turn. And it's not going to turn just in the song. You need to get up and you need to agree on some things. You need to come together on some things and agree on those things. And when we, when we agreed on some things, you notice how we went right back into the same song and what happened to the whole spirit? Oof, like this. This is the wisdom of God. You got to see what the issue is. Hear the word from God. Get your, get your strategy manual out and then do those things. It's practical. That's why I'm talking like this today. How am I, am I supposed to get up here and I just tell you how much God wants you blessed all the time and we never have a practical teaching? No, no, we've got to see these things, understand. Do you, we know that stuff is being uh, stolen from us by attrition, just by wearing away because we're not utilizing a wisdom of Christ and having the mind of Christ? How many people's tired of it? 
Not just in, not just in church. How about in your finances? How about, how about in your health? Just wearing away. I'm, I'm tired of it. Not putting up with it anymore. No, I'm, our command is to resist the devil. I'm tired of it being in your homes, in your lives. I don't want to see it anymore. And as a good dad, I'm going to say, look, we're standing together. We're not going to have go through this praise and worship and act like everything's fine. No, there's people been under attack. But Jesus is bigger. Let's receive right now and things are going to change even as we sing these songs. Right? As a good dad, what you say is, all right, there's an attack over here on this front. What has this thing told us to do? Let's get into the anointing, get in reception mode, and the anointing will break that yoke, right? That's why we have to have that. We can't sit there and act like the attack's not happening, like a bunch of dead generals, right? We all want to be strong in God. But yet, many times, this is how the church has res- responded and the church has reacted, and it's time for us to go to another level. We've got to understand the practical measures that's in here. Now, let's look. Jesus was teaching them by parables. Verse 3, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. There was a direct attack. There was a situation all right, we're going to, we'll, I'll get into it more in the translation of the parable. He said, other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And as soon as he was alone with his followers, along with the twelve, uh, the twelve began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables. So that while seeing, they may not see and, and may not perceive. And while hearing, they might, may not hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiving. What he's talking about is a hardened heart. See, when we get to the place where we allow our hardened heart to, our heart to be hardened, it actually it immediately starts to cloud our vision and we can't see things. We can't see things. And this is an attack of the enemy. Let me beat down on people. Let me crush dreams. Let me bring sicknesses and attacks. Let them have one of the greatest moments of worship. And then all of a sudden, let me just, let me just like kick them in the... <laughs> Sorry, the, the Marines about came out and that wasn't the Holy Ghost. All right, let me just kick them in the tail. Let me just kick them in the tail. And uh, let, let me remind them they're still here on the earth. And all of a sudden, what, what does the thought process of the believer do at that moment? The thought process goes, oh man, this is all great. Oh, golly, I'm still on the earth. This just stinks. Is it ever going to get better? Immediately your heart's hardened and immediately vision starts to shut down. Now watch this. Same pattern with the Israelites. They're in Egypt. They've been in slavery. They've been in Egypt for 400 years. God supernaturally draws them out of Egypt. Before they hardly even get away, 
the devil kicks him in the tail, puts him between the sea and the Egyptian army, and immediately their heart hardens. And they say, oh, did you bring us out here in the desert to die? God just worked miracles to set them free. Ten miracles in the plagues against their enemy. Then he goes on, he separates the waters. They walk through. The water destroys their whole enemy. They praise God for a moment. They get out there. Then, then they get dissatisfied by this, dissatisfied. Watch this. They come up to the promised land where their answers are, where the solution is, and they can't even see to end. Their vision is completely clouded by a hardened heart. The devil knows what he's doing. He's been watching mankind for 6,000 years. Same tricks. He's been worked in the garden, work on most people still to this day until we grow up and start learning the practical aspects of the attack. We've got to see the attack, understand it, and go to our strategy man manual and know what to do. So in this parable, here, here's what he's saying. Look, as long as people will allow themselves to have a hardened heart, they can't get into the promise. A lot of times what happens is they get into the place where it's like, no, you just don't know how bad I got. You just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know how bad this is. Yeah. And what's, what's happening? They're, they're focused more on the problem and their heart has gotten hardened. They have no vision to see the solution in Christ. Yeah. Peter walking on the water. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Come, because it's me. Steps out of the water, walking on the water. Woo! I'm Peter. Look at me. You know, all of a sudden, wind and waves, hardened heart. Right? All of a sudden, they can't see. I've watched this take place in Christians for years and years and years. They forget the salvation that came through. A ministry. They forget the hope that came. They forget that they're alive, that their marriage is together. Because of that, all of a sudden, the devil attacks their heart, kicks them in the tail, attacks their heart. And they, they can't even see with eyes of hope anymore. They don't remember where God placed them. They don't remember that he gave them a promise. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they start to sink. But they don't want to blame themselves. They blame it on other people. Happens all the time. I've watched it too many times to count. And we forget what's happened. Now, why am I saying this? We can't forget the miracles that God's done in our lives. We can't forget. Do you realize even if God never gave us not one more thing, we're not going to hell for eternity. Jesus is worth serving. Jesus is worth going after with everything. Lord, everything I have, I give it to you. Everything I own is yours. Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, my life is yours. Jesus, this is not my finances. These are your finances. This is not my time. This is your time. Jesus, I am yours. I'm yours. Jesus, I'm yours. And you're mine. And when I grab a hold of you by faith, I will step away and step over the problem and into the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got to make sure that we don't get a hardened heart just because the enemy was shrewd and kicked us in the tail. Right. We can't let that hardened heart 
spoil our vision. We can't let that hardened heart spoil our vision. Amen? We have to see the practical nature of it. Now let's look at this. He says here, the explanation, verse 13. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Every Sunday you're receiving a seed of the word of God. Every Sunday you're sowing a seed of the word of God. You're receiving that. What you do with it is in your hands. What soil will the seed of the word find in you? What soil will the seed of the word find in you? What soil? Now, it's not that the devil's going to leave you alone. You're in the world. John 17, uh, John 17 says this. You're in the world, but I will keep you from the evil one. I'm not going to take you out of this world. A lot of people, they, they live all of their Christian life just waiting to get to heaven. And they, they don't realize what Jesus was saying. You're going to be in the world, but I've given you the overcomer. I'm the overcomer. I've given you myself, and you're in the world. Now overcome the world. You don't just sit and take it. Don't just look to the sweet by and by. No, you by faith grab a hold. Don't become hard-hearted because of the kicks in the tail from the enemy. No, you do something. You practically go after and resist the devil, and he's got to flee. They're, the one who's in you is stronger than the one who's in the world. Amen. You can't sit still. He said the sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road when the word is sown. And, in, and when they hear, say it with me, immediately, 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 Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. How long does the devil wait before he tries to steal the seed of the word? Before you walk out those doors. From your walk from the front step, front uh, row back to those doors, he's already trying to take it. He's working on you to take it. Sometimes he's working on you to take it as soon as I say it before the service is over. Like I, I promise you, he's working to steal the seed of this word before I even got started. He immediately comes. He's already working. Like, well, what are we doing? Why? And look, at, I'm so close to everybody now. Like, what are they doing? They're scratching their head. And, and you're not even hearing the seed of the word that's being preached right then. Yep. You see? He comes immediately. Well, I don't like that he told us that we should be here on time. I don't like that. And you're not hearing the rest of the message to set you free. Well, I don't like that he said we need to be wise. And he's immediately working to steal the seed. See, he's always like that. He's trying to steal. Remember in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. It's time we stop listening. Yeah. It's time we shoot the stupid bird, right? <laughs> like, like, pull out your spiritual shotgun, and when the idea comes up that, oh, this is not going to work, blast it, Right? Get rid of it and stop and deal with that dumb devil that's trying to steal the seed. Yes. He said, he said this, this seed falls on soil and the birds in the parable immediately come and steal the seed. They immediately gobble it up. 
The reason is, and we find out in the rest of the parable, is because we don't have depth. We don't have depth of soil. We have a hardened heart. And even when the truth of the Word of God is preached, we can't even receive it because our heart's hardened. So sometimes He can harden it towards me, towards the church. Sometimes He can just harden it because you just had a hard week. Like, I don't even feel like being here. I don't even feel like being here. I want you to see, watch this, in worship earlier, anybody, did you feel like just how it was down? And then I got up and I, I said what I said and the anointing came in, not because of me, but because of him. He showed me what to do. And then immediately the whole crowd lifted to a different level. Anybody feel that besides me? Raise your hand if you felt that. Amen. I, I want you to see this. That was one person being obedient. Now, I understand that I have that authority as the pastor to stand in front of the crowd and stop worship. Not that you shouldn't go up and try to stop worship, but I understand. But what I want you to see is one person can make a difference in that way when they know their authority, when they deny the stealing of the seed. Now, here's what I want to tell you. General's at the table going over, and there's an attack. Going over, there's an attack. Let me, let me tell you something. You know who had an attack and a spirit of heaviness on them this morning? This guy right here. I did. Like, I didn't even feel like being here this morning. Why? Because I don't want to be here? No, because I don't want to be here. I love y'all. But man, it was a full-out attack. And it wasn't just on me. It was on other people too. But see, so my feelings... What I felt like, I can't live by that. I've got to do exactly what I said to do as well. Take off the spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise, and put it on. And walk in. It hadn't just been this morning. I've noticed it's been all week. Like, it's, it's just been all week. Like, and it's not just on me. He's tried to attack many people in that way. And we've got to recognize it. We can't just be like, no, there's no attack. We're good. You know, no. That's not it. He said, in this world, you'll have troubles. You'll have those attacks. You will have persecutions. You'll have these things. How we respond to them is whether we win or not. Right. See, a lot of times people think, well, he just comes up there and he has that because he's, he's pastor and everything. No, 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 no. If I wouldn't have moved myself to what I told us all to do, this service would stink. It would stink, and you'd get nothing out of it. Nothing. But what if all of us, all of us knew the practical aspects of this strategy manual, and we knew, hey, I'm feeling like this. This is an attack. This is the thief trying to steal the seed of the word. Sometimes he tries to harden our hearts against a, a pastor. Sometimes he tries to harden our hearts against a church or serving in the church. Sometimes he tries to harden our hearts simply by kicking us personally in the tail. It doesn't matter how it comes. What matters is that we recognize it and we do the right thing about it. We do the right thing. We've got to say, no, I'm not standing for this. I'm not going to walk this way. I'm not going to live this way. I'm going to resist the devil. He's got to flee. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. 
one person setting their heart to do that. If I don't do it this morning, service stinks. But because I did it, the whole thing can go to another level. What if we all did that? What if every one of us recognized the attack and we go, I'm done with this. I'm going to another level and I'm never going back again. I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing the victory in Christ. I'm choosing to put on faith. I'm choosing it now. I'm choosing it now. All of a sudden, we can take the whole area to another level. We can be the pillar of God's truth in that. Look at this. As you go on through this, he says this. Immediately Satan comes to take away the word which has been sown them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. Have you ever been in a service and you got a revelation and you saw the goodness of God and you're like, it could have been the offering just a few minutes ago. And all of a sudden you're going, glory to God, I can come up out of this. Hallelujah. And Monday morning the the creditor calls 15 times in the first hour of the day. And immediately you're like, Yes, Sunday morning, you're like, I can come out of this. And by Monday morning, you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know, y'all might not have ever been there. I had that happen a bunch of times. What was the, the soil of my heart was not cultivated enough? I, I received it. I was happy about the promise. I was happy about it. But I didn't have enough spiritual depth to hold on to the promise. And so a lot of times people just give up. And they're like, well, I'm just never going to get out of this. No, that's not true. Just keep cultivating the soil. Just keep cultivating the soil. Just keep turning it into a fine powder, ready for the seed of the word to grow and take roots. It just didn't have time to take roots yet. Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep letting the seed be sown into you. You'll have many plants of God's harvest in your life. Just keep going back. And you know what you need to do. Just keep getting under the anointing. The anointing will start tilling up the soil. It'll start turning it into a fine powder. The anointing of God, it'll start to break off all of those rocks in that rocky soil. It'll start to break them up and turn them into something that looks like fertilizer. Just keep going back. No matter what you go through, just keep going. Getting under that anointing. That anointing will break the yoke. Yes. That anointing. And, and which anointing do you go to? The ones who have gone through stuff for years and they come out shining. The ones who can go through attacks and know what to do with it. The ones who can pray and immediately get healed. The kind of soil where when you sow into it, immediately you have a harvest. Don't like what Rachel had. That's the kind of stuff you want to look for. Look for one. Follow those. Imitate those. Hebrews 6, 12. Who, through faith and patience, are inheriting, are walking out the reception of it, are having the manifestation of God's promises. Don't just go to somebody who's got a lot of hype. Look for fruit. They'll be known by their fruit. That's where you sow. That's where you get under the anointing because that anointing there, the people that know how to receive, that reception will get on you. That receiving will get on you. All of a sudden you'll start to see, this is working in my life. He says, 
They hear the word and immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things to enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So the first category is you've got somebody that has no spiritual depth and it's hard for them to hold on to fruit. But if they'll stick around, they'll become, they'll become uh, more fruitful in the soil. And then all of a sudden you get to the place that's got a little bit, they receive the word and then they receive it with joy. And it actually starts, but they don't they don't have the depth. First person's kind of hard-hearted. This person doesn't have the spiritual depth. But then you get somebody that actually has the depth, but they let other stuff come in. Many Christians, Holy Ghost Christians, are in this third category. Many Holy Ghost Christians, because they come in, they start to have some depth. The, the Word starts to produce inside their life, and it starts to bring up promises and bring up, they start to have some finances. They start to have some harvest on seeds they've sown. And all of a sudden, they start to see and feel the power of God. They think they've arrived. And all of a sudden, they think they got this, and they don't realize they're being set up by the devil because all of a sudden he's going he's to throw something in front of them and they're going to think, oh, I know this. I've arrived. I don't need to talk to pastor about that. I can hear from the Lord myself. He's, he's teaching me how to hear from the Lord myself. I need, to, I need to start doing it. This generally happens. Not, I, I've watched, this, this is what I've found in experience is most of the time when people come in, they start watching the power of God fall off them, and in about three months, their life looks totally different. It's in about three months. And it's that point, the seed and the worries of the world and starts to come in, and they start feeling like they've arrived. And by about month six to month 12, they, they feel like they almost, what they do is they stop listening. They stop esteeming where God has planted them. And, and this is what's very important. You watch where God plants you to get you to a blessing, and then you don't throw that away. You don't throw that away. All right, I got here, and I'm now walking in blessing because I was going after God with an open heart. Now I don't all of a sudden change what I'm doing and expect for it to continue. No, you keep doing what was working. Keep your heart open. Don't harden your heart. Listen, esteem, submit yourself to the planting of the Lord. You, you do these things. And I've watched, and I've actually watched uh, spiritual leaders go through this. And if they make it past that first six months to a year, they'll generally go on to year two or three. And around year two or three, they feel like they've got a handle on it and they become what I call a spiritual teenager that has the largest worldview they've ever had and now starts to feel like they've arrived and they start to feel like, and they can see more than they've ever seen. They just don't realize that what they can see is only an nth, a, a, a tenth of the picture, if that. And all of a sudden they feel like they have the right to make decisions. And, and what do most teenagers do? Not ours, but we're not believing for that. But what do most teenagers do in the world? They start stepping out into things they think they know. And what happens? It all comes crashing down. I've watched that same thing happen 
in many Christians over the years. Many Christians. They'll be there for a year. If they survive the year, all of a sudden, uh, that's awesome. But they get to about year two or three. They feel like they've arrived. They've touched some of the things of the anointing, and they feel like they've arrived. They don't even realize they haven't even made it to preschool yet. It's just the beginning. God's so much bigger. God's so glorious. And these are the practical things that the devil does to try and trip people up. And because he can trip people up at year two and three, they never get to be the generals of God's kingdom. Because they don't. the Lord told me years ago when we first started the church, he said this. He said, I'm looking for people who will do the right things for long periods of time. And I gave myself at that moment, Lord, I'm yours and I'm going to do the right things for long periods of time. And now we have people that are envious of what we have. But the issue is they haven't done those things for that period of time. They're expecting them just to come like that. And they, they haven't worked on themselves, studied to show yourself approved, grow in the things of God. Grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Learn how to put on humility. Learn how to submit. Learn how to walk in these things and expect these big things. And because of that, they're tripped up by all of these things in life. And the devil's just just laughing all the way to the bank because there's no maturity in the body. But we felt the Holy Ghost goosebumps. A few times. That doesn't mean we're mature. I, I prayed for somebody and they got healed. I remember the first time somebody got healed on me. I'm like, I have arrived. Glory to God. Man, it's on now. Everybody I pray for is going to get healed. That didn't happen. I thought I was there. I thought I had arrived. I thought everything was just going to be just so easy from this point forward. I prayed for somebody. They were healed under my hand. The power of God is flowing through me. It's going to be awesome from here. Next person I prayed for. I don't know when it was, if it was next person or third person. But anyway, it didn't work like that. That day, I, I'm convinced God just had mercy on me. He's prayed so many times, just, just help, help him out. Help him out, Holy Ghost. Just, just you know, throw him a bone, you know. He ain't there. He don't even know he ain't there. Just help him out, you know. I don't really think that's what happened, but that's what it kind of felt like for a while. And then it started, I grew. I grew. I had so many times I prayed and it failed, and I prayed and it failed. I read something this morning that Brother Hagin said. He was talking about uh, Lillian Yeomans. And she said, I figured out that God doesn't change. And if I pray and I don't get my prayers answered, it's me that needs to change. And I change me. I find what needs to change in me. Because God never changes. He's always good. He's always he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. God is always good. You go on in this story and the next thing you find is you find some people that have given themselves to the patience of God, to the preparation of God, and they have become fertile soil. How many people want to become fertile soil for God? That when he plants the seed of the word, oh, it finds a home here. And it finds a produce and a harvest here. But see, in order to do that, we've got to recognize that we have not been where we thought we were. We have not been where we thought we were. And when we think, look, when God gives us great things, understand that a lot of that many times is simply the mercy of God. It's not because if, if, we, if we knew everything, we could produce that every time. The issue is we don't know what we, we haven't known what we thought we knew. And there has to be a humility that backs up so that 
humility can say, Lord, what I think I know I probably don't know, but Lord, I yield myself to you. And then he says, in that submission, in that humility, I'll give you grace and greater grace. What if all of us just said, Lord, I give myself to you. I am yours. Lord, open up your grace to me. Lord, I, I, I know that I've experienced and I've touched some things. I know, Lord, that I've touched some things and it's been great and it's been mighty. I know that I have, but Lord, what I think I know, I probably don't know. What I think I know, I probably don't know. Think about this. Think about this. For mo most of us in here, one year ago, last July, what you thought you knew last July, now in this July, looking back at last July, did you know what you thought you knew? <laughs> did you really know what you thought you knew? No. Well, five years ago, did you know what you thought you knew? Or have you learned some more since then and realized like, I mean, if you keep going back far, far enough, you'll be like, I didn't know anything, you know? I didn't know anything. Do you think it's possible that what you think you know and got a hold of right now, five years from now, you might not know what you think you know? Which is why God gives us leaders in our life to help us. Because the, the, the odds are there's a leader that God has in your life that's been there right where you're at, can see right through it, and while you're thinking you got this thing and you got a hold of it, they're seeing you ain't got hold of nothing yet. And when we humble ourselves to that, Psalm 133 shows us the flow. The anointing flows from the head that's Christ through the beard, which is the elders, to all the parts of the robe. Every, everybody in the body is touched by his anointing. When we're connected if we're not connected, that anointing has no proper flow. A lot of people are out with a counterfeit anointing because they're not connected. And they pass on that counterfeit anointing to others thinking they're helping. They're actually hurting. One of the great, greatest things that we need to understand about this period of time in the church, and you might not know church history, but one of the greatest problems we have in the church right now is you have a whole generation who doesn't understand their need for spiritual fathers. It's a, it's a father, Nicole was saying it on Father's Day the other day, it's a father that says, no, you don't do that right now. No, you, you don't do that. You need to do this. The same father, they'll say, hey, you can do this. And all of a sudden, they see in you something you don't even see, but they, they pull it out of you. And right now, there's a spiritual leadership and fatherhood that needs to be had. But listen, a good father doesn't force himself, and even the Bible says this, a good father doesn't force himself on the people. It has to be yearned and pulled from the child. I need this. I humble myself to it. I want that. But a good father's not going to force it. Hey, pastor, if you ever see me doing something wrong, you just tell me. You have the right to tell me any time for the rest of my life. Right. Not going to do it. Right. Not happening. 
because the humility you have today to ask that question, you might not have tomorrow. Literally, I literally saw that. One day, somebody said that to me. The very next day, I said something to them thinking that they were meant what they said yesterday. And the day I told them, the very next day, they fought me over it and, and broke connection. <laughs> One day removed. Like, you just said that, right? So the humility we have to say that, it's an ongoing fruit. And if it's not an ongoing fruit, then that father doesn't have a right just to do that. Notice this with God. How often does God come in and make you do what you should do? He'll let you. Just like the prodigal son, he'll let you go and serve and get to the place where you're so hungry that you'd gladly eat the food of animals. All it took was for that prodigal son to wake up and say, Lord, I humble myself to you. And what did he find? The loving arms of a father ready to help. I want to show you one more thing. If you turn to 2 Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4, verse 16. Anybody ever felt any attacks? Maybe you had an attack this week. Maybe you had an attack this morning. Maybe you had an attack while I'm preaching. I had an attack while I was worshiping. Maybe you had an attack. I want to show you something. Who, who's, whose word is this? Who's writing this? Watch this. Verse 16. Therefore we, say we, is he talking about us? Yeah, we. Say it with me one more time. We. Do not lose heart. Now see, this is a declaration. This is an attitude that we put on on purpose. If we're going to come against the attacks and the wiles of the enemy and not be ignorant about it, we've got to put on some stuff. Some things like, I don't even dwell on things that are not worthy of praise. I get in a position of receiving. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in 1 Thessalonians 5. I humble myself and I submit myself to where I'm planted and I'll flourish in the courts of heaven. I submit, that means I submit myself to men who are not perfect, but they're called to be in my life and to give me leadership. I, 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 we do some things on purpose even though our flesh doesn't like it and our flesh doesn't agree, and even though it might not be logical. Understand, to an unrenewed mind, the things of God look foolish. The greatest will be the least. You, you give to receive. You know, there's, it looks, the kingdom looks flipped upside down, but what it really is is not flipped upside down. It's actually tapping into a spiritual power and a spiritual wisdom that's greater that says, this looks exactly contrary to logic, but this is what God said, I trust God, and faith closes the gap to what you need. Yeah. This is just it. And so he says, look, we do some things on purpose. Even though I got my, my tail kicked, even though I had a bad moment, moment morning, even though I, I got attacked this week or this morning, or even though that, that bitterness tried to come on me and that unforgiveness and even even though uh, even though that uh, that spirit of heaviness was clinging to me for days and I didn't feel like worshiping at all no I'm gonna do some stuff on purpose 
because I know who God is and I trust him. Even though my back may be against the sea and my enemies may be coming in uh, like an army, blood in their eyes. On purpose, I'm going to start seeing who God is. Lord, we worship you. Father, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. I'm giving you the glory. Hey, I don't, I don't feel like coming to a 4 o'clock Holy Ghost service. Lord, but you called us to assemble and assemble all the more as the time draws near. Lord, I don't care what I feel like. I'm doing it on purpose. And right here he says, do this on purpose. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We're making a confession. If you back up to verse 13, it says, having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. In other words, I'm going to start speaking what God says, not what the enemy's trying to get in my head and tell me. I'm going to speak that I don't lose heart. No, I don't lose heart. I don't lose humility. I don't lose faith. I don't lose hope. I don't lose my love. I don't lose heart. I'm holding on to the things of God because I know who he is. I know the devil's trying to sack me. I know he's trying to steal the seed of the word and my harvest. I don't lose heart. I believe. Therefore I speak. He says even though our outer man is decaying. Oh we might be getting older in this world, but our inner man, the real you, the real you, the real you, our inner man is being renewed day by day. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, there's something on the inside that's carrying more than what I feel on the outside. There's something on the inside. There's Christ as he is, so am I in this world in this world. And this is the victory that overcomes this world, even my faith. So I'm going to put faith on. I'm going to speak these things. I do not lose heart. Because although I may be getting kicked in the tail in the flesh, something on the inside is greater, and it's going to win the victory. He's, if I take him by the hand, he's always leading me to triumph. Listen to this. Who, who's writing this? Who's he talking to? The church, right? Us. Look at what he said. Look at what he said. This is God talking, not just a pastor trying to get you emotional. 17. For in this world he's talking about, the context is this outer man. For our momentary and light affliction. Momentary and light. That means the hardest thing that we go through God says, if you'll look at it through my eyes, hear what I just said. What you're going through and the worst thing you ever go through, if you'll look at it through my eyes, you will see it for what it really is. Not hard and heavy, but momentary and light. It's an affliction, but it's not one that you and I can't overcome. It's momentary and light. See, somebody even in the, the deepest depths and the darkest valley of the shadow of death, if they can put on God's eyes and put on his faith in the middle of that dark valley and in the middle of it can say, this is momentary and light because of my Jesus. This is momentary and light because of my Jesus. This is momentary and light because of my Jesus. Yeah, it's an affliction, but it ain't going to last for long. And it's light. Yeah. Amen. This momentary light affliction, oh, it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory 
far beyond all comparison. In other words, what we're going through can't compare to the glory that's turning over and rising up on the inside of us. What that means is this, is this, this glory is coming into us even in the moment of our momentary and light affliction and it's producing a glory that this affliction can't handle. It's producing something on the inside of us that can't be handled by the glory that's on the inside if we'll have eyes to see like God sees. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, or they're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So that in the middle of, you know, in the flesh, getting a kick in the tail, in the middle of it, we put on faith and we put on the eyes of the, of the faith of Jesus. And we look at it from his position. Oh, this is not a big deal to God. Well, that looks like a big deal to me. And I'm your, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. That looks so big to me. It doesn't look big to me because I'm looking with eyes of faith. I'm looking with eyes of Jesus. It doesn't look big to me. And when I look at it like that, there's something that starts rising up and I start setting my eyes on him like Peter on the water. Instead of looking at the wind and the waves, I keep my eyes on Jesus and he, did, he does the supernatural. But if we take our eyes off of Jesus and we set it on the wind and the waves, we start doing the natural. When we put them on him, we do the supernatural. I want to show you one more thing, one more visual today. I want to show you this. Let's say, let's say that the enemy, we're talking about practical attacks today. Let's say that the enemy dealt a blow to a body, <laughs> smacked a church, smacked a body, and, and, and you felt it. Oh. Ooh, that, that was a good one, devil. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> right? Smacked a blow. Hurt. And then, let's say he did it right in front of a holiday, vacation time. Right? Let's say he did it right in front of vacation time. Hit the whole body. Bam! Felt it. Then vacation time hits. Holiday hits. And so then, let's say this whole row right here is a family on vacation, okay? Y'all get up and go over to that, that second row over there. You're on vacation. Vacation, woo -hoo. You're on vacation. Uh, it's vacation time, so this whole row also is on vacation. Go, go over there. You know, now they're enjoying vacation and, and vacation's good, but but they're on vacation and and then let's say you know this, uh, this whole row all of a sudden he he it wasn't vacation but he hit you with sickness, boom, same time, so he hits you with sickness and you don't feel good. Let let let's put you right up here by this door. Just go stand up there in the corner if you would. And, and then, uh, you know, well, it's a holiday, and uh, our family's having a family reunion, and so this whole row, like, you, you go over in that back corner over there, right? 
because it's a holiday and it's a family reunion and, you know, we ought to be with family. And then, and, and then all of a sudden, he, he does, well, first of all, now, now look how, how the atmosphere has changed already. Doesn't look like it was happening like it was a minute ago. And remember, you entered into this time. Y'all sat way too close. You're not supposed to. That's all right, though. And remember, you're apart. You're, you're vacationing from people. Yeah, so, all right. But remember during this time, remember during this time, right before we went into this season, the whole body took a hit. So everybody's breathing hard anyway. Don't really feel good. Then watch this. Not coincidence. Coordination. I'm going to attack your. I'm going to attack your family. Come here. It's personal to you. I'm going to attack your family. I'm not going to leave you alone. And I know you're married, but I'm going to attack your family too. Yeah. And it's personal to me. right there. And not only am I going to attack your family, but I'm going to put on you a spirit of heaviness. Weigh you down. Make you feel like you're alone and it's all you and you got to handle everything. And, and, and then... Uh, in the same period of time, I'm, I'm going to attack your vacation that you were supposed to have and you deserved. And I'm going I'm to break your camper down. You just, I'm going to break your camper down. And then I'm going to try and tell you how bad you are and how, how much. And I'm going to put that same spirit of heaviness on you. And then in the same thing, I'm going to make you feel bad because, because your wife's not happy. And then, and then, and then I'm going to attack your, your finances. I'm going to do all this in the same week. It's not coincidence. Sit down. Sit down. Because you're not standing during this time. You're taking your blows. And, and I'm going to attack your mind. Uh, here. I'm going to attack your mind, tell you you're not worth anything. Put you by yourself in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> but the devil tried. And, and I mean, if, if you looked around, I mean, healed, testimony, dead erased, power of God flowing like it never has before, answers coming. Things, I mean, it's not that we don't have testimony. It's not that God didn't perform miracles to get us out of Egypt. He just started separating, and all at one time, he started coordinating. He started bringing about a plan that to you feels like it's just you. Well, I'm just alone, and nobody's calling me, and, and, and I just, I, I don't want to be alone. I, and, and, 
You know, you don't even want to go to church this morning. It's too pretty to go to church. It's too cold to go to church. It's too hot to go to church. It's too rainy to go to church. Don't go there. You don't need anything. And I could go on. Let you understand. And then all of a sudden, this crowd shows up to church. Half of them actually want to receive something or in expectation. Everybody else is like, God, I'm just tired. I just don't even feel like being here. Now watch this. And then pastor's job, pastor's job is to gather all of us together and let's go in momentum and accomplish the will of God. But we got some on vacation, some on holiday, some under attack, monetary, health. Nobody's putting on a garment of praise. Everybody's carrying a spirit of heaviness. And I'm like, y'all come with me. <laughs> and we're like, and, and then a guest comes in and they're like, this doesn't look like unity to me. Right. And it's not that there's not unity. It's not that it's not a good body. It's that we've responded the wrong way. We've listened to the wrong things. A lot of times we're on vacation. Well, we're on vacation because we deserve it. We need to have, it's true, you need to have a break and every, everything like that. It's, it's, isn't it funny that it all happens at the same time? That's not coincidence. It's coordination. Isn't it funny that it all happens at the same time? Do you understand things don't just happen like that? I've watched it for too many years now. And if we sit around this table with the strategy book of God, and we don't discuss the issues and the practical issues to come against the attack, then we'll let it happen to us for the next 12 and a half years. And I'm not okay with that. Because what happens if, oh, what happens if, instead of saying, you know, how many people, watch, and just watch this, how many people had an attack, and it didn't feel like the church was attacked, it just felt like it was you. In the last two weeks. Look. Look. Keep your hand up. It just felt like it was you. Now look. Was it you? What was he attacking? The whole body. Was it coincidence? No. It's coordination. It's an organized attack. Coming against what? The body and its unity. Because if we get in unity, see, that's what happened a few weeks ago just in worship. There was a unity to worship God like I've never seen in 12 and a half years. Satan comes immediately to steal the seed of the word of unity that was in that. He comes immediately. And if we play along individually with the attack, then it looks broken and disjointed, even though it's not. But that's the way it looks. But if we will actually recognize it for what it is, and each person 
will say, in the name of Jesus. I'm, this is not just about me. It's, see, the devil, we, we think that he's like just targeting us. No, he's not targeting you individually. He's targeting the body of Christ because he hates Jesus. He wants to be Jesus. So he's trying to do everything. And so he, he's like, I'm just going to use you. And see, a lot of times that attack, he's trying to use you to affect a bigger. Because if the body, go to Psalms 133, if the body of Christ actually comes to the place where they are in unity, God commands the blessing on that body. Momentum grows. There's a life that comes out of it. And the devil doesn't want you to have it. So he attacks us individually, makes it feel like it's all about us. When it's not all about us, it's coordination. But what happens when somebody goes, I don't care what happened. It's not going to affect me, this momentary and light affliction. Oh, it's not affecting me. What if somebody goes, ah, I recognize this is the spirit of heaviness. I ain't having it no more. Casting that off, I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I ain't having that anymore. And all of a sudden, they come in. All of a sudden, somebody goes, it doesn't matter. There's a glory that's coming in me that's bigger than this lack in my finances. All of a sudden, I know who I am. I'm coming up to another level. And they come together. What, what happens when the whole body says, oh, I won't be drawn off this. This is not just about me. I take that spirit off. I know who I am in Christ. I know my identity. I know what's going on. Glory to God. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. All of a sudden, a body comes together and, 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 and hey, 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 hey. Right? All of a sudden, the body comes together. And the body says, we're standing together. You won't have us, devil. You're not having me. We're going somewhere. We know what we're called to. We will not be, div we will not be divided. We will not be denied. I'm tired of it. We've come around the table. We've seen the strategy of God. We're standing together. And then the guy who's called out to be the leader that didn't feel like it either, but did the same thing, goes, hey, y'all. Let's go somewhere. Let's go and take this city. Take this county. Take it with momentum. Let's go get some stuff done for the Lord. We're going together. Can you see the devil's plan versus God's plan? What he's trying to do, but he's not going to do it. Do I have anybody that wants to receive? It ain't happening with me. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be in unity. I'm going to be wise, and I'm going to be more wise than the serpent is. I'm going to be harmless, and I'm going to be gentle, but I'm going to be forceful against the enemy. And how do you get forceful? You take off that spirit of heaviness. You say, I'm not going to be denied. I recognize the love of God. I recognize I'm seeing through the eyes of Christ. This is a momentary and light affliction, and if I'll set my eyes on the things above, not on the things below... There's a glory that will be produced inside of not just me, inside of us. Inside of us. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to take my responsibility. Our responsibility is to go after God in love, in forgiveness, in gentleness, in submission, in hope, and love, and faith. And above all else, we keep standing. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, we keep standing.
No matter what the enemy lies to you about, we keep standing, we keep standing, we keep standing. And we don't just stand alone. It's not just about you. It's not just about a personal attack on you. No, there's a bigger thing at play. It's not coincidence. It's coordination. When we see that, we become something we could never become before. But it's time for Boomerang to be that. It's time for the body of Christ to be that. It's time for us to walk in what God has called us to walk in. Oh, he hates us. You know why? Because this church gets results. This church gets fibromyalgia healed. This church brings about finances in abundance in Jesus' name. This church brings a peace and a unity to people and a life and a hope that they didn't have before. It brings it in us and our kids. This church heals diabetes. This church heals all of these things. Feet are healed. Legs are healed. Arms grow out. The dead are raised to life again. That's this church. It, it brings up somebody that didn't think they could do it. And it shows them you can do this. It gives them hope. It raises them to new heights. The devil knows it. He hates it. Good. But we can't fall victim to his cheap tricks. It's time to stand in unity. Do I have anybody here that agrees? Shout amen. amen. Glory to God. Father, right now, I'm just going to quickly, I want everybody to come up here. I want to pray for you quickly in the, in the faith that is here for this. Lord, we receive. I'm going to anoint every person with oil. And as I anoint you, I'm going to move fast. And as soon as I lay hands on you, you receive the power and the grace and the glory to never walk that way again, but to walk in the way of God's unity, His grace and mercy in Jesus' name. We will never be the same. They can play some music. Say it with me. We will never be the same. We're going up. We're going out. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be healed, prosperous, abundant in every good work. In Jesus' name. Amen.